0: Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, A Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Chrissy and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, March 19th. Today we are reading from the big book and we are at page 162, the last full paragraph on the page that starts with some day. Today's readers are Kim, Janice, Marcia and Katie the reference number for Monday March 18th is 4102 that's 4102 the oa preamble overeaters anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience strength and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating we welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively there are no dues or fees for members We are self supporting your own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain, to recover from compulsive overeating, through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Esther to read the 12 steps.
1: Good morning. My name is Esther, compulsive overeater in Canada. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Step 3, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood Him. Step 4, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Step 5, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Step 6, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Step 7, humbly asked Him to remove our shortcomings. Step 8, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Step 9, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Step 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Step 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs.
0: Thank you, Esther. I will now ask Anne S. to read the traditions, please.
2: Uh, Hi, good morning. My name is Anne, compulsive overeater, the 12 traditions. our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. I pass.
0: Thank you, Anne. How our meeting works? then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book. We are on page 162, the last full paragraph, beginning with the words, someday we hope. And I will ask Kim to begin reading, please. Thanks, Christy.
3: Someday, we hope that every alcoholic who journeys will find a fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous at his destination. To some extent, this is already true. Some of us are salesmen and go about. Little clusters of twos and threes and fives of us have sprung up in other communities, though contact with our two larger centers. Those of us who travel drop in as often as we can. This practice enables us to lend a hand at the same time avoiding certain alluring distractions of the road about which any traveling man can inform you. Thus we grow, and so can you. Though you be but one man with this book in your hand, we believe and hope it contains all you need to begin. And there's an asterisk here that says, Written in 1939, in 2009 there were over 1, like 116,773 groups there is AA activity in more than 180 countries with an estimated membership of over 2 million. And good morning, my fellows. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. And I'm going to bring out two things. That last um, sentence in the first paragraph, this practice enables us to lend a hand at the same time avoiding certain alluring distractions of the road about which any traveling man can inform you. So that tells me that we have to practice these principles in all of our affairs. So this practice of when they're on the road, still reaching out their hands and still suffering compulsive overeating, still going to meetings, still doing the daily practices that maintain that spiritual condition, saves us from those distractions. Now these people are talking about recovered people. So those distractions isn't just you know the bar they're driving down, but the distractions are restless, their irritability, their discontentment. Those everyday things in life, which eventually, if we do not treat them, if we do not bring God and the steps into every aspect of our life, will eventually lead us back to the food. So they're letting us know that at the same time, avoiding certain alluring distractions of the road, that this this is a program that we have to practice every day, vigilantly, constantly. All those words continue that are so prevalent throughout the book. And the last thing I want to bring out is that that sentence, which was a whole paragraph. And so you can, though you be, but one man with this book in your hand. We believe and hope it contains all you will need to begin. And I have found for myself in my journey through through 12-step program for, for almost 20 years that the closer I stay to this book, the better that I am. And the meetings that stay close to this book, the more recovery there is. And there's a saying I have in the front of my big book. It says that a big book that is falling apart often belongs to someone who isn't. Because all that we need to know is we're in a 12-step program. I, I laugh. I was in a 12-step program for years and didn't work the steps. I worked the fellowship, but I didn't work the program of recovery. And I was at a, a big book study last weekend, and I heard this wonderful thing. It says that the big book will always meet you where you are and elevate you from there which is why as a newcomer walking in, this book is incredible. As you're working this process, the book is incredible. And as a recovered person, every time I open up this book, it is new. And it consistently meets me where I am and elevates me from there. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Kim. Would anyone else like to share on this
3: paragraph? You need to press star one to unmute your phone. This is Katie. Katie, go ahead. Good morning, everyone. I'm Katie, a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. Uh, Someday we hope that every alcoholic who journeys will find a fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous at his destination. Well, we not only have it at our destination, we have it at our fingertips. We can find a fellowship um, every morning on this phone line. And, um, you know, and I, I don't know that I've ever lived anywhere where if I didn't look up Obringer's Anonymous in the phone book that there wasn't a meeting. And that's, you know, it's just so incredible to think that it's at our disposal and yet but there's still you know the biggest problem in this country is obesity um so we can uh have it available but it but it doesn't mean that someone's ready to take action, but our responsibility is to share it um recently, I had uh someone I knew that was in um very a very bad place, and um she makes every appearance to be uh an action to be one of us, and so, you know, when you've said everything you can say, or you know, feel like you're too close to the situation, you know, what are you supposed to do? And I, um, I sent an email to the person and just, um, you know, said, of course you can. All, you're welcome to come to the meeting that I've told you about before the live meeting that I go to, but I also have this other. Saying um, this phone meeting that I uh, attend every day and gave it a number and the code and the number for the recording and the website. And, you know, that's all I can do. But that was way more than they had available in 1939. And I'm just so grateful that, you know, this is a program where we do not graduate, where we're not told, you know, come on, you've been coming to these meetings. You've been on this phone line. You don't need to be here anymore. Just go about your life. That's not what what we do. We need this program on a daily basis, and we have something to share, and it helps my recovery. (laughs) It's a selfish program, and it helps my recovery to share with the newcomer, to share with the person with one day, two weeks, two months of abstinence um it keeps my program strong and that's why you know as it says those of us who travel drop in as often as we can because we need to be around the newcomer it doesn't matter how long you've been abstinent um and without pass. thanks
0: thank you Katie would anyone else like to share on this paragraph
4: Yes, hello. This is
0: Gwen from Leia. New York. Monica. Gwen Gwen, Leah, and then Monica. Go ahead, Gwen.
4: Uh yes, hello everybody. Um, my name is Gwen from New York and I think that um, you know, as somebody who has now had the experience of having, you know, um a certain amount of abstinence and gone through the steps and you know, gotten more familiar with um, the big book, I have to say that, you know, there's such a calling in this paragraph to remain ever humble about what abstinence means and what recovery means. Um, I I will say that this is somehow a program and maybe even, you know, something of a cautionary tale that no matter how much recovery we have, Um, we always have to stay true to the program and realize who we are. And if we think that we're, you know, not compulsive overeaters and that we don't need the help of fellowship um, and that we can do it on our own, I think that that can lead, you know, that kind of grandiosity can slowly lead to um, a despair and to a decline. So I just wanted to say that from my experience, and with that I pass.
5: Thank you, Gwen. Leah, go ahead. Thank you, Christy. Good morning, everybody. My name is Leigh. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Those of us who travel drop in as often as we can. Again, uh, this speaks to the service ethic of uh, these original uh, men and women who recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. Uh, They continued to uh, be in the trenches and to carry this message, and it wasn't a personal message, and it wasn't a personal opinion or philosophy. It was that they had had a spiritual awakening, a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery, that, that they had been transformed, that that consciousness of God in their lives um now gave them a quality of life that they had never had before. And it's that same responsibility and that same obligation and that same act of self-preservation. And, yes, it is sheer pleasure uh, for those of us that are recovered uh, to say, if you're a compulsive overeater looking for a way out, we know exactly where you're coming from because that's where we came from too. And we were given this big book called Alcoholics Anonymous, and we practiced with the help of a sponsor or a tour guide, so to speak, these first nine steps to the best of our ability, and we had a spiritual awakening as well, a personality change, and we're not that way anymore. We're not sinking in the quicksand any longer and if you don't want to be that way anymore then you can do what we did and let us take you by the hand and let us walk with you and let us help you apply and understand and implement these steps and then you too can have a spiritual awakening and then you too can carry the torch and pass this message on to the next person so um, you know, of course this chain reaction that spiritual chain reaction that grew from Bill Wilson to Dr. Bob in Akron You know, continues to grow. It's stretched to countless alcoholics and to countless people with a myriad of addictions in cultures as diverse as imaginable in more than 180 uh, countries. It says, thus we grow, and so can you, though you be but one man with this book in your hand meaning that what is the purpose of this book this purpose the purpose of this book is to get you in touch with God to get us in touch with a higher power so you know personally i decided to base my life on the assumption that if it's in the big book it's true as far as i'm concerned and this eliminated massive amounts of doubt and uncertainty and allowed me to be taken on this spiritual journey so I get wound up about these pages and I get wound up because I love this program and I get charged up sometimes, not because I get excited to talk and not, ex- not because I get excited about me, but I get excited about us. I get excited about what is possible. I get excited about the privilege and the opportunity that I've had to witness the transformation of numbers and numbers and numbers of people come out of the depths of that quicksand and have a life that is transformed all because of what is possible through the submission and the surrender to this program and these principles that we speak about every day. And with that, I pass. Thank you.
6: Thank you, Leah. Monica, go ahead. Good morning. Thank you very much. My name is Monica. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And I, and I think Leah took most of what I was going to say. But thus we grow and so can you. And thank you, Leah. You do it so well. Thus we grow and so can you. Wow. What hope here. What hope here. Though you be but one man with this book in your hand, we believe in hope it contains all you will need to begin so they, they've grown, like we've read here. They, AA has grown by leaps and bounds, and their memberships over 2 million people in 2009. Um, I wish that uh, we could say the same about OA, but we don't. But hopefully, here we go. Though you be what, one man with this book in your hand, hopefully, you know, just each one of us, Take this and bring this into our meetings, the big book, the solution. People start seeing the recovery and hearing the recovery. We hope and believe that this can grow too. We believe and hope it contains all you need to begin. And it's been proven for 75 years plus that this book works. They haven't had to change the wording in 75 years. This works. These 12 steps work. And yes, we've got to trust in God. We've got to trust and rely on God. And working these steps gets us that relationship. And when we're doing that, we're not running on self-will run riot. And every problem on earth can be solved using the principles of this program. So how free do you want to be? You know, are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? I know I was. So I picked up this book. And I worked through the steps. And yeehaw! It's wonderful, and I and I w- wish it and want it for every one of you. And I pass.
0: Thank you, Monica. Well, I'm Christy, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And uh, you know this this part of the big book just gives me chills. You know this. Um, you know to think that this. You know this program started um, with a fellowship. You know, with one person from Akron, Ohio, and one person from New York, is just astounding to me. You know, and this program went viral back when viral was influenza. I mean, that was the only thing that was viral about you know this program. Um, And the reason for that, as described, you know, in these pages of the big book, is because it worked. You know, you know, at least in my experience, it worked. Um, It went viral. It grew because. It was a program that worked. It addressed both the physical and the mental aspects of disease and, um, you know, Bill and Bob went out and they they carried the message and the reason they did that was, you know, just as has been described because A, they needed to keep sober. First and foremost, they needed to keep sober. So they shared this message. They went out and they found other people to work with. And as those people recovered, they went out and found other people to work with. And as those people recovered, they went out and found other people to work with. You know, it would be one thing if, you know, they shared this message that didn't really work and they didn't stay sober and nobody else did. It would have gone flat, you know, at the first you know, with the first generation of of carrying the message, but that's not what happened. You know, it worked. It didn't work 100% of the time, but it is available and it will work 100% of the time. Um, it's just that, you know, whether people are ready to hear the message or not, you know, is a whole other story. But if you are desperate enough to do what these people did, to do what's outlined in the big book, um, for those of us who have recovered, I, you know, I want to let you know that it is possible. It is possible to recover from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body because I have, because I have recovered. And, you know, when I, you know, I sometimes will hear people say, you know, there aren't any good meetings where I live. And, you know, my response to that is, you know, what are you doing with your recovery? Are you taking your recovery to those meetings? That's what I do. You know, when I'm asked to, you know, tell my story at a meeting, I, I go there and I tell my story, regardless of whether it's a room of five people or 50 people. You know, I go to share my story um, because I have a story to share. And the only reason I have a story to share is because, you know, this, this program worked for me. I got desperate enough. I got sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I just said, I'm done. I'm done. I'll do whatever it takes. And, um, you know, I mean, it's just, it's astounding to me. It's absolutely astounding to me that this program works for me just like it worked for the people in the early years of AA. I mean, I just am amazed by that. I'm amazed by that. And, um, you know, as someone else mentioned, you know, there are millions of people who may or may not be compulsive overeaters, you know, who are morbidly obese and who are absolutely devastated by, um, you know, this disease. And, uh, you know, we, those of us who have recovered, again, you know, I carry my message whenever I can. It doesn't, you know, I don't necessarily stand on the rooftops of buildings, but I do carry my message. I carry my message wherever I can. And with that, I'll pass. Um, is there anyone else who would like to share on this paragraph?
7: This is Paula. May I share?
0: Sure, Paula, go ahead.
7: Thank you. This would be Paula, recovered compulsive reader. Oh, so much is said. So much what's in this book here, but that's it. Thus we grow and so can you, though you'll be what, and with this book in your hand. This is more than a book. Look what we're reading here. This is truly a beginning. But first, they even tell you about the ending. This is, if this life ends, it's not going to be as as many have said, oh, well, gee, what are we going to do now? What are we going to do now? Let me rephrase that question. And here it is. We believe in hope. How can we say that? Because we lived it. We live it today. It contains all you will need to begin. And with that ending, as I said, wow, what a beginning. But, you know, I'm going to back up just a tad bit. Those of us who travel drop in as often as we can. This practice enables us to lend a hand at the same time. Avoided certain alluring distractions of the road, about which any traveling man can inform you. Honey, I don't care whether you travel by plane, by train, by car, by foot. You're always traveling. You're always traveling. As the preceding chapters have said, your employees, oh, there you are at work. The family afterward, there you are there. We're always traveling in whatever way. So what are you bringing in your travels? Do I bring my big book? Oh, you bet I do. Do I bring what's behind the big book, God himself, and that too? And thus we grow. Thank you for allowing me to share. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula.
0: Would anyone else like to share on this
1: paragraph before we move on?
0: I'll take that as a no. Why don't we move on to the next paragraph? Janice, would you please read?
3: Thank you, Christy. Would you like me to read just the next one? Or the two? You'd-
0: Um, Janice, why don't you start with Thus We Grow and then that next uh, paragraph on 163.
3: All right, happy to. Thus we grow, and so can you, though you be but one man with this book in your hand. We believe and hope it contains all you will need to begin. We know what you are thinking. You are saying to yourself, I am jittery and alone, I couldn't do that, but you can. You forget that you have just now tapped a a source of power much greater than yourself. To duplicate with such backing, what we have accomplished is only a matter of willingness, patience, and labor. And good morning, everybody. My name is Janice, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. Thus we grow, and so can you, though you be but one man with this book in your hand. You know, it, it sounds exhausting, doesn't it? <laughs> you know, it sounds exhausting. We talk about what it means to carry this message, what it means to live a life based on the information that we found in this book of Alcoholics Anonymous. But don't forget, don't forget that something very wonderful happens when we follow the directions so clearly laid out in this book of Alcoholics Anonymous. A spiritual awakening, a transformation, were rocketed into the fourth dimension. You know, and what does this book contain? You know, what does this book contain? Well, what it contained was exactly what I needed to know. It explained to me, it explained to me, myself. It explained to me, it taught me what the problem was, what the solution was, and what the program of action was. And when I grabbed hold of those steps, when I put the food down and I grabbed hold of those steps, as if my life depended on it, I got the same thing that those who had walked before me got. I got that spiritual awakening. I got that place where I could live in the spiritual experience one day at a time. And although we talk a lot about what it means to carry the message, And how important it is to carry the message. And we're reminded all the time that it's a duty and a responsibility that we have. We're also reminded that it's a pleasure. That it's a pleasure to watch people recover. To see them find what I found. And that elevates me. That's what elevates me. That's what makes me feel like anything is possible. Because I too have that ringside seat to the miracle. And all I have is this book in my hand and my recovery, and my recovery. You know, we carry the message because it maintains our sobriety. It maintains our abstinence. It maintains, it's the maintenance of my spiritual condition. And it's so comforting, that very first sentence of that paragraph, we know what you are thinking. You know, it's kind of spooky sometimes, but because they do, they do know what I am thinking. And why is that? Because someone in whom the problem had been solved approached me. Someone in whom the problem had been solved laid out this very thing that's in this big book, that's in this 164 pages. You know, it was the doctor's opinion that explained to me this allergy of the body in ways that I could understand that this was exactly what was happening to me, that there was a physiological component to this disease, that when I picked up those foods, those foods that gave me that allergic reaction, that I was at their mercy. And if that had been my only problem, then that would have been good information to have, don't you think? And I could have put those foods down and that would have been the end of my problem. But you explained to me that I had an even greater problem, that it was the obsession of my mind. And I needed to hear that. I needed to know that. And then I read Bill's story, and here was someone like me. But you also showed me there is a solution, and more about alcoholism, and we agnostics. So I knew I wasn't alone. You showed me how it works. You showed me into action that that's what it took and that this book would explain working with others. And then it opened the world to the wives, to the family afterwards, to employers. And now here we are, a vision for you. You are saying to yourself, I'm jittery and alone. Well, guess what? You're not jittery and alone anymore because you've tapped that power that power source that I did not have. I was, I was blocked from that power source. And as long as I kept picking up the food, I lived that disease of isolation, full of selfishness and self-centeredness and trapped and held prisoner in that place. But you showed me how to break the bonds of that disease. You showed me that it was a disease but it had a mental component to it. And that mental component to it was what needed the treatment of the steps. And if I was willing to put the food down and start working those steps, that it was possible for me as well. You know, you gave me the antidote. You gave me the antidote. But it meant there was a daily treatment. So to duplicate with such backing, and what is that backing? That backing is first a belief in a creator, a belief in a power greater than myself, that I was now tapped into one day at a time, and then a fellowship that I was tapped into one day at a time. So that when life on life terms seemed impossible, on the days when things got very difficult, I could pick up the phone. I could pick up the phone and I could talk to you and you could talk me off the ledge and you could say, we're in this thing together. We're in this thing together. And I, like you, have tapped into that power source. And you remind me, you remind me that prayer and action, prayer and action was always going to save the day. And that's what I know to be true today. Willingness, patience, and labor. The willingness to tap into that power source one day at a time to maintain that spiritual experience and then to know, just like you found out, that that's always going to be the answer and that we're building, building, building this fellowship of recovery. And that's my responsibility. That's my duty, but always it's my pleasure. And with that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Janice. Would anyone else like to share on these two paragraphs?
8: Rebecca. Helena, may I share?
0: Rebecca and then Helena. Go ahead, Rebecca.
8: Hi, everyone. This is Rebecca F. from Connecticut. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And um, I feel that these two paragraphs are speaking um, exactly, once again, what happened to me um in these rooms i felt like i i feel like i'm one among many but when i was attending my face to face meetings in my community i felt like i was but one man with this book in my hand and um you know i didn't really have any confidence i was jittery and alone And um, God did for me what I could never do for myself. Another member of one of the meetings uh, shared that she'd like to start a new meeting in our town. And did anybody want to help her get it off the ground? And it was a pretty large meeting. I'd say there could be 30 or 40 people in that meeting. And I was the only person who uh, stepped up to the plate and told her that I'd be willing to get involved. And before I knew it, I was contacting every church in town um, by email and uh, secured a space. She had the idea, but she didn't really have what to do next. And I didn't have the idea, but I seemed to have what to do next with God's grace. And um, once we secured the place, I thought to myself, "Uh uh-oh, what if she doesn't... Um, want to have a big book meeting this might be the end of my role in this matter is that I helped her get a place but I'm not sure I'm comfortable with you know her agenda and I shared what I thought would be a good idea and she was completely open even though she wasn't all that familiar with the big book she was totally open to it being a big book meeting and uh, the two of us managed to make it happen um, with willingness, patience, and labor, and the help of God. And now we have a new Big Book meeting in town, and it's being very well received. And with that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Rebecca. Helena, go ahead.
3: This is Helena. Good morning. Um, I do love this reminder. I'm reminded over and over and over. Anytime I'm saying, I couldn't do that, I'm now going back to depending on myself. Um, The big book has said over and over and over that the whole point of this big book is to help me to tap into a power greater than myself with enough of a relationship to that power and that power is strong enough to stop me from picking up my food. So every time I forget that... Then I start thinking, I can't do that. There aren't any prayers that I've seen in this big book that are format myself only. Over and over it has been that others may be helped. We never pray for ourselves. We only pray so others may be helped. And the paradox is, although I've tapped completely into that power, that new employer that we've been promised, that he will give us everything we need if we keep close to him and perform his work well. So all I have to do is turn to my higher power But at the same time, over and over, we're also told faith without works is dead. So here's the works, you know. You have such backing. The backing is my higher power. He's going to tell me what to do and he's going to give me what I need. On the other hand, I must have willingness, patience, and labor. So with the backing of my higher power and willingness, patience, and labor and having recovered myself, These things are going to happen. This is not, um, it's promised that we will happen. It doesn't say these can happen. It says they will happen with the backing of a higher power, with my own recovery, and with willingness, patience, and labor, with faith, and with works, and with recovery.
0: Thank you, Helena. Would anyone else like to share on these two paragraphs?
5: It's Leia. Leia, go ahead. Okay, thank you. Uh, We know what you are thinking. You are saying to yourself, I'm jittery and alone. I couldn't do that, but you can. Um, You know, (laughs) uh, I knew I was a compulsive overeater since I was a kid. I didn't know... That it was a disease, I didn't know it had a twofold nature. I didn't know what I was up against. I didn't understand the depths to which this disease would push me. Uh, I did not see the writing on the wall. <laughs> I didn't know how hot hell would get. Um, but when the pain got so great, um, you know, I knew going in to this process, that my life was on the line. I knew going in that I was at the last house on the block. Um, You know, the incredible thing, the beauty was that on one side, I had the experience of almost two decades of complete mayhem in this disease, which was of such voracious nature. It clearly almost took my life. Uh, On the other hand, I had living proof. Of someone who had recovered from this seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. Someone who cracked this, these same pages open and brought this big book to life in a no nonsense, tough love, put your face in these pages if you want to live kind of attitude. Um, and I jumped in. You know, I just took that paradise. I didn't even know what game we were playing and threw them out on the board, and I took a leap. And I submitted myself and surrendered and threw myself and just said, you know, if there's a God out there, you know, can you help save me? Because clearly I'm dying by my own hand. And having no idea what to expect in spite of my own crippled belief system and in spite of my own experience, um, you know, someone took me by the hand and led me through these pages and brought me in touch, it says you forget that you have just now tapped a source of power such much greater than yourself. You know, I was constantly looking outside myself for scraps of pleasure, scraps of fulfillment, scraps of satisfaction and stability, uh, scraps of validation, and scraps of love, while inside there was this unsuspected treasure, this unsuspected inner resource within that not only included all those things, but was infinitely greater than anything the world could offer me. Because the pages led me on an experience. It took me on a journey that allowed this connection and this relationship with something that was immeasurable and something that was indestructible, and that something was a power greater than myself that I could see evident in other people who had recovered, when I would hear their stories and I would hear about how they lived, you know, in, in the gutter, or lost their family, lost their jobs, almost lost their lives, something, you know, these last gaspers that took time with me proved to me that some power greater than their lives had restored, greater than themselves, had restored them to sanity. You know, and, and after I had the opportunity to go through these steps and recover then I was able to have the opportunity and the privilege to watch the miracles of another person go through the same process. And because I get to watch these people go through that same process, then I get to relive, relive the miracles. And it's such a powerful experience to watch the new person come to life. You know, it's such, there's such enthusiasm that develops because I get excited for the other person being reborn. So, yes, we get charged up because it works. We get charged up because it works. It says to duplicate with such backing what we have accomplished is only a matter of willingness, patience, and labor. You know, this is about the raising of the dead. This is not merely elimination of one substance, although obviously we need to do that before we embark on this journey. But this is about being enslaved by compulsive overeating. And through these action steps that have worked for me and for countless other people that we can rise up out of a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. It's not a common experience, but it is our common experience That we've engaged in this process, and that's what we talk about. We've engaged in this process, these same steps. We've had a spiritual awakening, a personality change. We've been restored to sanity. We have soundness of mind. We've been relieved of that obsession. We no longer have that beast whispering in our ear, reintroducing the insane, delivering us... (laughs) that option of that first bite. We've been relieved of that obsession. We've been freed from that beast. And finally, after almost, uh, you know, 27 years of, may- of, of, 20 years of mayhem in that, di- in that disease, uh, I can say to you that something came between me and compulsive overeating more than 26 years ago. And it's been that way ever since because of this recovery process because of this recovery process. And those of us that are recovered carry that message, not because we have any interest in personal recognition or in personal power, but because we have an interest in influencing other people, if perhaps they'd like an opportunity to be restored to sanity as well. Because that opportunity is available to each and every one of us. But you can. But you can. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Leah. This is Christy, and I'm a recovered
0: compulsive overeater and other people have touched on those words, willingness, patience, and labor. And, uh, you know, I will tell you that um, I am not hardwired with those uh, characteristics, willingness, patience, and labor. My preference is to you know, recline in a lazy girl recliner and wish and hope and dream and fantasize that someday, you know, someday without any effort on my part, I'll be thin and happy. You know, that was what I did. You know, that was the way I lived my life, you know, at um, 340 pounds at my top weight. And um, what I do today, you know, certainly thank, Thank you know, Thank goodness I reached bottom, and um, you know there was no way, there was nowhere to go but up. You know from that, and it's different for everybody. But um, you know, for me, um, you know what I do today is I compare everything I do in recovery to everything I did in disease. You know, I would have gone to the lengths of the earth. I would have gone to the le- the ends of the earth, to get my food. You know, I remember in 2001 when I, um, I first moved to Minnesota and, you know, I didn't know a whole lot about the state, um, but I was watching the news one night and they were talking about, you know, this place, you know, where you could take a road trip and get a fruit dessert, you know, this lovely fruit dessert. Now, fruit certainly was not something I was interested in so much, but dessert, I was all over that. I had no idea how far away this town was, but I... Um, you know, I wanted to go there. You know, I, I, it could have been at the end of the earth. It didn't matter. I, you know, they talked about how good it was, and I was all ready to pack up my belongings in a car and drive to this place to get dessert. I would have done anything. I would have done anything to get food. You know, I would have gone anywhere, dead of night, in the middle of a blizzard. You know, I was in the store, you know, stocking up on food so I would not run out. You know, that is how I lived my life. That is how I lived my life, foraging, making sure I had my food at, you know, I put I put my disease in front of everything, in front of everything and everyone in front of everything and everyone. And, um, you, know, when I, you know, when I think about getting up, you know, dark and early to be on this meeting, you know, I, I'll go to any lengths today for my recovery, even if it means I have to sacrifice every once in a while, a few minutes of extra sleep. You know, I have sponsees I talk to every day. I have a face-to-face meeting I go to. I put my recovery first today. I put my recovery first. And, um, you know, I, you know, step one for me is 100% black and white. And I, I'm living in the principles of the big book every single day and every single circumstance to the best of my ability. You know, I take my recovery with me to work and, you know, sometimes interact with spiritually sick people. But, you know, today I can call people on the phone and say, I'm having a hard time today with people I work with because that's the, you know, the biggest problem I'm up against is what happens in my head. And, you know, I can work out those kinds of things with other people people so I don't have to take it out on the people I work with. I mean, that's what I do today because I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back to the lazy girl recliner and, um, you know, hoping and wishing my life away that it will somehow magically be different. You know, I want to keep what I've got at all cost because I've been, I, I'm recovered today from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. I have no desire to eat compulsively today. None. And that is a miracle. That is a miracle. That's a bigger miracle than the fact that I've been at a, you know, at a maintenance weight for 10 years now, for 10 years. Neither one of those things I could imagine when I, you know, picked up this big book um, you know, on September 9th of 2001 and started working this program like my life depended on it, like my life depended on it. And um, I'm so grateful for that today. And with that, I'll pass. Is there anyone else who'd like to share on this paragraph, these two paragraphs?
9: Yes, this is Alita calling from Minnesota. Alita, was it? Yes.
0: Oh, go ahead.
9: Well, um, as a recovering compulsive reader, I haven't. Don't feel that I'm. I get recovered. This. I'm jittery alone. Um, It says you are saying to yourself, "I'm jittery alone. I couldn't do this," and then it says that you can. You forget that you have just now tapped your source of power, and I often am in that position. I'm jittery, a feeling that I'm jittery alone. I'm just moving. I believe in a transition out of the self-sufficiency that I've lived in all my life. And um, so sometimes there's that old idea coming in that I can do it alone. I can do it. I can do this. I'm sure I can do this. And then um, so the, the importance of the phone calls, picking up the phone, or getting to working with another person recovered, hopefully, that can lead me back to my higher power to lead me back to God and lead me back to remembering that I do have tapped into a source of power now. And uh, so I love this program and I'm very grateful. Thank you for letting me share.
0: Hmm. Thank you, Alita. Anyone else like to share on this paragraph before we move on?
3: Judy? Judy, go ahead. Hi. Thank you, Christy, for your service. This is Judy F., Recovered Compulsive Overeater, And, um, you know, I have highlighted in this, um, to duplicate with such backing, what we have accomplished is only a matter of willingness, patience, and labor. And I, too, had to get to a place of desperation. I had tried everything. And then when I hit my bottom, and I learned by working the steps, by taking that step one and, and you know, admitting I'm powerless and that I I can't do it, no human power can, and I need a higher power. And that desperation helps me to do this work. And now, having done the work, having um, taken the action steps, having asking God every day for that willingness, and learning patience, of this process, I wanted to get better, you know, tomorrow, yesterday. And the labor of step four, the, um, the, you know, just doing the next right step and just keep propelling forward with the help of my sponsor and others around me, I learned this willingness, patience, and labor. And now, like God has just put so many opportunities for me to be of service. Um, and it's all God, it's all God, and it's living a God-centered life, not a self-centered life. It did require labor, but it's nothing compared to what I did to try to get my binge foods and to try to manipulate um, to uh, control my eating or to get rid of what I had eaten. And truly, though, these steps can propel us if, if I'm asking God for willingness, open-mindedness,
1: and to be honest.
3: And by doing that, God just every day gives me opportunities to share my experience. And And this big book has the direction, so I don't have to make up anything. I just bring others through this process, these clear-cut directions, and I get to witness miracles, miracles when that Old ideas become new ones. This morning, even on the phone with the sponsee, she, she had another awareness on what her, how her self-centered thinking, and she was thinking she was being helpful and how it was really based on self. And, and I love that because I'm learning more about myself as I bring this book and these steps to others. And I'm just so grateful. I'm grateful I had a snow day today so that I could be here alive. Thank you. With that,
0: I pass. Thank you, Judy, and thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Marsha, will you please read a vision for you?
3: Good morning. This is Marsha. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive book reader. <clears throat> Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we only know a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us.